Langston Hughes, the famous poet, said this, let us new lessons learn. All workers new life ways make. One union form till the fire burns out every past mistake. Let us together say, you are my brother, black or white. You my sister, now, today. And this by token, birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus means that one day, everything said will come. Well, it is good to be with you as we continue through this summer series where we're trying to tackle some of the issues that we're facing. Pardon, I know I'm old, but I'm okay. He's always taking care of me. We're going to deal with this morning one of uh, the most challenging and feels like it's gotten a lot of attention and there has been a lot of uh, emotion uh, tied with this, and that's... uh, Racism, I think, been an issue for a long time. It was the killing of George Floyd that just brought this to increased intensity and increased prominence, and uh, we've been wrestling with that. So we're going to try and talk about that today, and uh, this is going to be different than anything I think I've ever done on a Sunday morning, and maybe anything you've done and and experienced uh, here Uh, you're going to listen to a conversation. Now, Will and I have worked through some questions together, and we've spent some time talking about this, but but this is not a sermon. This is not a presentation. Wait, it's not a sermon? It is not. Did you think you were preaching or I was preaching? I brought my towel and everything. Oh, you did. You're ready to go. Oh, my God. Okay, it's a sermon. We will have you preach. We will get it. I thought this was a sermon. We we will get it done. Now, many of you, uh, I'm sure, know Will Robbins. Will Robbins was on staff here. He was our pastor of students for about uh, uh, four years. And uh, Will and I have known each other, oh, man, it's about seven or eight now. And he has been a uh, dear friend. Not not much change, T. Not much change? (laughs) See, I'm not on staff now. I can say that. You know? <laughs> That's all. It's, it's all good. So we've been uh, what I would consider until this moment, uh, dear friends, uh, s- since I, uh, I first met Will. But we're just going to try and, and have a conversation. Now, Will and I have very different backgrounds, as uh, some of you might guess. But if you, if you wouldn't mind, for the folks out there, just again, tell us, w- what was growing up like for Will Robbins? Yeah, so I was uh, one of six children. Um, grew up in the heart of South Central LA, um, you know, very gang infested, drug infested, um, um, you know, one of six siblings. My mom was a single uh, mom trying to raise all of us in like a two bedroom house. Um, yeah, so I had my fair dealings in and out of the streets, um, just kind of trying to find my way. Um, yeah, my dad got hooked on drugs when I was younger and left. Um, I had other several uh, family members that got hooked on drugs as well. Um, and kind of distorted just kind of what a family is, is you know, kind of growing up. And, and that was kind of like my upbringing, man, just kind of trying to find my way in and out of the streets. And, 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 yeah, until the Lord found me one day. And so for most of us, though, that didn't grow up in that setting, if we said you grew up in the middle of the inner city, that would, yeah. be, that would be fair. Now, uh, 
Will and I, as we have this conversation, have very different contexts and very different frameworks. I grew up in a pretty white neighborhood, something like your Belinda. It's been my experience most of my life. I was thinking back as Will and I were talking, uh, my first real uh, black friend was in high school, went to a, a fair, lived in a fairly affluent area. It was a, a, a pretty nice public high school, and they had a program for inner city kids. And so there were, I think, eight inner city kids. They all happened to be black that went to our exclusively pretty white high school. And one of those guys, Mark Johnson, ended up becoming my, my first friend. And then I, I had a, a buddy in college on a basketball team, Jeff McCall, who was black. And he became a friend. And then Alfred Babington Jr. in, in seminary became a, a, a buddy of mine. But, but I look back, and my interaction with, with African Americans, with black folks, was, was pretty limited. So as we, we talk about this now, I think most of you know. Um, and I've had so many experiences, I can't even count them all. <laughs> With black people. <laughs> you know black people. Right. Okay, so we got that, 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 that set. But my, my last, the last thing I'll reference is uh, many of you know I've got a, my wife and I have a, a black daughter who is, uh, who is now 23. So that is, that is, that is framed my reference now. As, as, as we were talking in, in, in reading, I, I've done lots of reading, you know, some of you about their critical race theory, uh, um, institutional racism, trying to find a definition that covers all this stuff, even, even racism, what's a definition? So Will and I just put together a little definition here. We're just going to read it quick, but he, here's what we mean. I, I saw one definition of racism, which had it pretty much exclusively white people towards black people. And uh, he, here's our definition, is just kind of believing whether we're aware of it or not, that different ethnicities have abilities or qualities that leads us or some to elevate them as, a, as, a, as, a, as an ethnicity or, or denigrate uh, another race. That's, that's what Will and I have, have come to agree to. So you ready to jump into this thing? Let's roll, big dog. Why in the world? Will, Will, it's 2021. Why in the world are you and I even having this conversation? I thought it's because I'm black. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Why are you having this conversation? There you go. <laughs> no, um, yeah, man, there, th this is a huge conversation, um, um, and it, it, you can go so many different routes with this conversation. Uh, but I think ultimately, um, I think it's just because, number one, I just love you guys, and when Todd gave me the opportunity to come back, I didn't care what the opportunity was. I said, let's, let's roll, I'm in it. Um, but, but, but ultimately, I wanted to encourage you guys with just, just kind of bringing an awareness. Um, you know, I think that we all could have blind spots at times, you know, kind of like, like this water bottle, right? Like, if I was to ask you guys what you see, you would obviously see something. But I'm seeing something totally different. So we're, we're both working from two different vantage points. Same water bottle, um, but we're both seeing two different things. Um, and, and, and I think today, I mean... I just really wanted to try to see if we could kind of reason around the water bottle. Um, I've, been, I've been blessed to be in a bunch of different circles, uh, to, 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 to meet and greet a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds. And, and I think one of the things that I've learned um, through all of my just traveling and dealing with different folks is there's a bunch of different perspectives uh, to the same water bottle. So I'm only here to um, ultimately encourage you in your perspective, but also um, provide minds. And I think that's given a window into this, this really rough topic. Now, George Floyd and his killing has brought all kinds of attention to this. And there are some out there, and people are all over the map. 
some that thinks we've made this a bigger issue. We've actually made a lot of progress in America. I know you'd affirm that. But uh, some that would say, hey, it's really not that big a deal anymore. Mm -hmm. What's your sense, again, as a, as, a, as a black man in America? Is racism still an issue that's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and hear me say, like, I um, love America. Um, um, I, I think this is one of the greatest countries um, out there. Um, but I think that obviously this is an issue that, that still exists. Um, to the to the degree of how it exists and does it uh, you know exist that much here I don't know right I, that, that's not what I'm here to kind of ultimately um, kind of point to but I, I think it's still an issue um, and, and I think do you have any experiences when you were growing up yeah yeah where I, it felt like you were singled out because of the color of your skin yeah now yeah. you've affirmed that the police interacted with you sometimes and it was justified yep yep this is true <laughs> this is true hey Ty I'm yeah. safe now man I'm yeah, safe you're now. safe we're talking about the past right but the, the police right. sometimes had conversations with you and they should have been having right those. right right but there were I others I should have stopped when they said stop yeah you know? there you but go I, I ripped the mirror off and kept going turned up the music you know but even so. your experience here while you were a pastor here yeah I've had several different experiences and that's what I mean is I've been able to see different sides of the water bottle right I've, I've also been able to process through you know how I didn't make it easy for some of those interactions and and, and, and and things like that but I've also had some interactions even up until the point where I was here at RCC um, 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 and, and not here <laughs> so you guys can not uh, RCC yeah, yeah, folks not RCC, to be clear right right to be clear but, but while you were on staff while here I was on staff out there here, in the world yeah 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 big you time. got stopped a couple of times by police yeah not just stopped but I've had some people you know physically tell me that they didn't like me because of the color of my skin and they just said you could and they just essentially self-identified as racist yes yeah yeah no and I can tell you from the experiences with my daughter for those who think racism is is not existent uh, uh, they, uh, they, they would be, in my estimation, uh, mistaken. Um, she was outside her car in our driveway on an afternoon one day, and a police officer stopped and asked her who she was and what she was doing there. And again, my deep conviction is if she'd have been white, that wouldn't have happened. She was getting gas at a gas station just below our house a couple of years ago, and she uh, essentially offended a young man with wherever she had stopped her car, and he called her the N-word. And uh, again, so this stuff is, is still going on. So if we can, what's systemic racism? When you hear that term, Will, what, what in the world does that mean to you? And again, I've looked at definitions, and they are all over the map. But yeah, when you yeah, think yeah. about that, what, it's, what do you think? It's, 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 it's wild, as I've been kind of diving in and out of this from a person, personal experience perspective, but also kind of sitting back trying to ultimately see, you know, how does people view this and, 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 and how that, does that relate to my experiences? Um, I think ultimately, TC, it's, 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 it's going back to uh, the laws, practices, institutions, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, um, uh, consciously or unconsciously, um, um, that ultimately, uh, man, just ultimately deals with, you know, degrading someone or, or, um, or, or wishing ill or, or not ultimately wishing ill of, of someone based upon their skin color. But, but systems that have been in place for a long time, I mean, you and I have talked about it. All men are created equal, but those guys that actually wrote that didn't feel like when you look back they meant all yeah, men right, right, were right. created this equal. And so the systems, you sense that's still an issue today. Yeah, man, to the level of degree, I, like I said, I don't know because I think we have come a long way. Um, man, my fiance, I'm getting married this this December. She's she's white. Um, 
Yeah, right, right. I came to work here at RCC. Like, to the level of degree in which it exists, I, I mean, I don't know, but I can say, you know, I think it comes down to really just understanding um, responsibility, right, and, and how responsibility, uh, there's a, a bunch of different ways we can look at responsibility. Um, you know, for example, you have, like, the Holocaust, right? Like, yeah. there's uh, people who was was totally for that way of thinking and, 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 and implemented laws and practices to to accomplish that, then there was people who lived it out, right, who just mm -hmm. followed orders. Mm -hmm. Then there were people who kind of knew what was going on and, and just kind of, like, kind of turned a blind eye to it. And then you had people who didn't care, who didn't know. But there's a sense of responsibility in, in, in all of those things, and that all makes up a system of, of thinking, a system of doing things. And, and if one piece in that system starts to get disrupted, then that system doesn't exist. So it takes everybody. So to me, I think... Um, systematic racism exists from that whole responsibility perspective that I think ultimately just being, isn't being uh, talked about or addressed much today. And the danger, I mean, housing, education, we can talk about laws, we can talk about work. It just, it's yeah. been a part of the system for so long. The danger is that people don't even recognize it's there. Right. Whereas if you're dealing with an individual racist, it's more, more simple yeah. to, uh, to identify. This is true. So uh, you think it's a problem today a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Okay, so let's pull this apart a little more. And uh, uh, part of the reason uh, Will is here, just some framework for you guys. He and I had some personal conversations about race while he was here, always initiated by me, always. This is a guy that uh, has, has, has been more than balanced and always, 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 always Christ-focused. It's part of the reason I love having him here today. This is his, his, the lens through which he views everything is just Jesus and Jesus' love for us. So let's pull this apart a little bit. Let's do it. Who's racist, Will? Who are the racists out there? White people. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> I can see Johnny Burns in the back. Stone him right now. Stone him. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, I think simply put, I think, I mean, everybody. Um, racist, the racist temperament, mind frame is a, is a sin issue and it's, it's a deep issue and it, and it runs at the core of, of individuals out there who, who think this way, right? And I think that everybody has that potential. Um, I, I personally encountered some racist black folk um, and I had to address them and, that, and those were hard conversations for me too, but it's because I stand firmly on the gospel and, 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 and that kind of gave me a different perspective because growing up in a certain environment, you can think that only certain people are racist or have that racist tendency, but that's not the case. Uh, uh, everybody can struggle um, with this sin, which is racism. Yeah, because you understand for, for, for me, and I won't put everybody else in this, but for me, part of the challenge has become, it felt like the conversation now is focusing on white folks being racist towards black folks. And that's pretty much the end of the conversation. It doesn't feel like to me, as you talk about, you believe any ethnicity could actually be racist. Yes. Yeah, I definitely do. And uh, as you said there, you've encountered African-Americans, blacks, that are racist towards white folks. Yeah, I've encountered a, a, a bunch of different race, uh, racist folk from different backgrounds and, and, and walks of life, for sure. And ethnicity um, definitely had, had no, no, no major role in it. I think because of our history, and obviously the catalyst experience with, with George Floyd, it, it's been hyphened to see 
you know, black as a black and white thing, but it, but it's definitely or, or whites towards yeah. blacks, but it's it's definitely and the challenge. I mean, you and I have talked about my 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 grandkids who live in Wisconsin now as part of their curriculum to defeat racism. Racism is defined in their curriculum as something that white people do to other minorities, and exclusively you understand that's part of where this thing has just gotten so confounded yeah. and so complicated. And, and, yeah. and so messy, it makes even doing something like we're doing, it feels like to me, yeah. um, more complicated to have a conversation when it's, 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 it's one-sided. So talk about this a little bit. Yeah, so um, as we were sitting back kind of like talking through this topic and, and this issue, um, you know, one of the ways that, that, that I see this is we tend to see it, you know, I tend to see it, right, in, in these in these perspectives, but I think when we see it from hate, preference, or um, neutrality, um, we tend to kind of separate it. But right now, for the sake of this example, I just want to kind of say, don't see this as a as as you know. Sections. And this is a spectrum of right. degrees of passion right. towards ethnicity, correct. right? Correct. And that's so anyone. those that hate somebody from a different ethnicity, those who have a preference but don't necessarily hate, yep. And then those folks that really don't have any preference, right. In terms of ethnicity. Now, now see it as a grid, and and I think so. We would, in order to see it as a grid, we would kind of take out the lines there, um, and 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 I think everyone to some extent could fall on this particular grid and they're moving and things are causing them to move. Experiences, uh, situations, encounters, and, and how you move, how you respond, what begins to take place in our hearts as we're on this grid to determine where we ultimately occupy on this particular grid. Um, and so for example, hate, right? I, I had a, a coworker that I was working with um, um, and I was his supervisor and uh, I went up to shake his hand and he immediately shunned my hand and went off into the office. I didn't know what I was encountering at that time, but the people that I was working with sit, tried to give me a somewhat of a, of, a, of, a, of a heads up. And conversations later, you know, he told me, hey, Will, I'm just going to be honest. Um, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And, and this is who I am. And that shocked me. Now, what did he stand for? What did he believe? Share just uh, he, a little he, bit of what he, he said. He, he said he doesn't, like, he doesn't like blacks. He doesn't like Hispanics. Any, anyone outside of his race. Outside of white. Um, yep, outside of white. Um, and, 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 that, and, and that's him. That's where he falls on the grid. Then there's people that's just in that preference stage, that social kind of preference, right? Like, hey, I don't hate. I'm not a hater. I don't, I'm not like maliciously trying to, I don't have ill intent towards anyone, but I just prefer, you know, yep. to be around a certain demographic of Homogeneity people. is a homogeneity right. for a reason. Right, right, right. And then there's people that just kind of fall in that, that kind of neutral zone, um, which is just, hey, uh, uh, I, I don't really prefer. I can care less. Uh, I don't really hate. But I just really don't don't mind, don't care. I'm not aware as much, and and, and that's kind of where I kind of occupy. And and now to some extent, there's a level of ignorance in all of these, right? Because um, like, potentially, well, potentially, there's you know there's some not knowing in there. Yep. You know, like for example, we were talking about uh, uh, you know one of your encounters with one of uh, one of your eight was it eight black friends or four? <laughs> I, was try, I was trying to be gracious, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and as the love and grace go, 18. Todd, did you say 18? You make four, but as big as you are, I count you as six. Oh, so we're, okay. we're, 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 we're good. Uh, we're, we're good. I, it, the, my buddy in seminary, again, Will's talking about when, and I would consider myself in that neutral category, but what he's talking about is even in the neutral category, acting from ignorance. And it was my buddy Alfred in, in seminary. We're out playing tennis, and he hits a shot that goes by me, and I just say, you cotton picker. So after I say that, 
I turn around and I'm walking back to pick up the ball and it suddenly occurs to me, I just used a racist term. Now I'm probably 22, 23 years old at the time and I'm gonna tell you, to some degree, I think an illustration of systemic racism, however you wanna define this, but, but the naivete. I just grew up, my dad used that term. Here I am, 23, 24 years old, never occurred to me the, the derivation of that word until I said it to him. And as soon as I said it, I walked back and I went, oh, well, I went uh, euphemistically, oh, man, this was not a good thing to, uh, to, to say to this right, guy. Right, right. So, so I think that where we've come to today is we tend to focus on the hate side of folk. And we tend to view everybody as if they're in that category or, or when an experience happened or when something happened, we mm -hmm. tend to try to place people in that category. So, for example, if I was 22 around that time, if I didn't punch him, I probably would have placed him in that category of hate, right? Like, hey, he's one of these type of people, but not knowing he was acting from just a place of not knowing. Of now, ignorance. before Christ, would you have been tempted to punch me if we'd have been playing tennis? Can I be? Yeah, I would have punched him. Yeah. Punched yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, let's just understand what this is, because yeah, that, that was a, a derisive, racist term. Right, right. Not intended but, but, that but way. But not knowing that I'm acting from ignorance, too, because I yeah. didn't know that you didn't know, yeah. right? Because hurt people hurt people at the end of the day, and, 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 and ignorance doesn't, you know, it doesn't help at that point, right? So, like, I would have been acting from a place of ignorance because I didn't know you didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that, and, and, and I think as I've been able to kind of look, going back to the water bottle illustration, as I've been able to kind of see people's story and hear people's story, you know, I've came across people that have said something that could come off racist, but because I knew their heart, I knew where, you know, like, it, I was able to see them acting inside that and was like, oh, man, I understand, like, you know, this is... Since you it, came right, to Christ. Right, right, right. Correct. Right. So you see people, and so again, the, the message for us as a black man might be, Though we would consider ourselves neutral, there actually might be ways that we're acting in ignorance that may be interpreted as others as being racist. Right, right. And the challenge for us, I'll just tell you, for, for me, is it feels like we're not even allowed to ask. I mean, that's what I love about you and our you relationship. You can't ask, TC. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're explain. Not black. Right, right. <laughs> you, you understand that's sometimes the challenge. I'm supposed to know, right. but I'm told I can't know. And I can't ask. Right. And there's the challenge it feels like to sometimes we Caucasians are, are dealing with. That's where the culture has gone with this argument. So right. just doing what we're doing feels like to me it's become pretty tough. Yeah, it is. It is. It's because, I mean, you know, ultimately th there's a level of, of, of grace that needs to exist within the conversation for it to even take place without people kind of picking sides and coming in with their swords already drawn. Um, and, and that's just allowing a person to not come to the conversation with defensive mechanisms, frameworks, paradigms, and all of those different things that can cause the tension for each other to not even be heard at the, at the end of the day. Well, as Will was drawing this for me the other day, uh, it was helpful for me to, to put this grid that Will put together and, and to see the context now is focused on the hate side, right? That, that's where it feels like predominantly people on both sides are talking about. And yet you would say that's actually a small percentage of the population. Yeah, I think just given where we are as a society and how far we, uh, where we've been as a society and how far we've came, um, we, we, we tend to view that side as if it, that is it, right? Yeah, and, that's and, the and, only and, discussion. Yeah, but that's the only discussion and that every time we talk about the, the topic that that's what's going on and that's who we're trying to address. But, but there's a whole other side of people right now that ultimately isn't being addressed, isn't being talked to. Um, and, and I think that's equally, going back to the systemic part, 
all a part of the process that's ultimately fueling this, this monster. Well, because that's what I wonder sometimes. You know, I meet a black guy that doesn't know me like you. Is he putting me in that hate category, right? That's yeah. what I'm wrestling with and makes the conversation I mean, more yeah, challenging. I mean, I did that. I remember when, when I was, when I had just, went, I went to Chapman University for my undergrad. Um, I didn't know anything about Orange County at the time. I had never been outside of Orange County. This was many, many cornrows ago. And I, and I was, and, and, and I was late to class. I was late to class and, and, and I was on crutches. So I, I walked in the door and the first time I got to the classroom, I, I just hurried up and grabbed the first seat that I saw. Um, and then when I sat down, I, I'd never been to Chapman before. The way I found out about Chapman was my, I was raised with Hispanics and they were painting one of the buildings there and said, Hey, you should try this university. It's a nice one. Um, I sit, I, I, <laughs> go, yeah, picture that conversation. I right got now. it, man. So I, I get to Chapman, right? And, and I sit down at the first seat and I'm listening to the professor and all I can hear behind me was like, and like, and, and using big words, you know, I'm coming from slang and we barely pronounce half words, you know, I'm like, we don't pronounce anything. Right. And I'm like, oh man. And I, and I look back and I just, okay, I'm checking out. I'm checking out. I'm checking out. Don't go to jail. I'm checking out. I'm checking out. I'm checking out. And that's, that, that's what went through my mind. Yeah. I was opting from a place of, of preference, of, 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 of I, I was already fixing my mind on the type of experience I was getting ready to have at Chapman. Now, years later, I got awesome people that I love, been in their weddings, and just the stories go on and on and on. But at that particular moment, not being aware of just my social environment at the time and already coming in with fixed, you know, perceived thoughts and ideologies, it allowed me to almost not be able to, to, to experience it. Because this was a tough thing, coming from a predominantly black community to a predominantly white was not an easy transition for you. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And I think a big part of it was I, was, I, I feared being misunderstood because I knew um, I, I, talk, I probably talk different, um, maybe act different, see different things. So I feared that the relationship would never be established because I feared, of, I feared being misunderstood or, or taken out of context or taken the wrong way. And I think that that's not just something that I experienced. I think that's something that everybody experiences. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Pretty, pretty universal. So when you're with Will and he starts to relax, here's what I love because we were working together a little while. When he starts to relax, he will slide back and forth between our speech patterns and the speech patterns he grew up with. And he'll, he'll go back and forth, and it felt like to me you weren't even always aware you were, right. you, you were doing it. And the me. only time I am aware is when he started looking at me going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> What in the world did you just say? Wait, what? <laughs> so why are people racist? Man, that's a good question, TC. I'm still trying to figure it out. You think so? No, so you, no, no, I'm not. I'm not okay, you want to talk about it? If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Well, for, for me, it's been here since the beginning, and uh, you, you talked about it rooted in sin, and you and I agree wholeheartedly on that. It's rooted in the brokenness, and people looking for security and significance. And, and so the way we find security and significance is by belonging to a group of people and having importance and relevance there. And just the easiest way to make any group is just ethnicity. Right. It's just the most obvious way Easy to cut, find right. people that are like right. me or not like me and to make my group and my significance feel better ab uh, about us and mm -hmm. those other folks. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, it was, uh, if you've been watching the Olympics, this young woman that won the all-around gymnastics, did you see that? From St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, her heritage is Hmong. Now, I'm pretty convinced 
that Julie and I lived in the neighborhood she grew up in for about two years. It had, at that time, this is 25 odd years ago, the greatest Hmong population in the country, right there where, where we were living. And it was somebody there that shared with me in the Asian community, there's a hierarchy. Again, I just remember going, huh, would have never guessed that. Yeah. And Hmongs were at the bottom of the Asian hierarchy that I was uh, not even aware existed. So I think about for that culture, for those folks, I mean, this is for their community, a, a, uh, a significant event. So add to this, why are people racist? Well, man, I, simply put sin, um, I think into the left and, and, and hear me say this because we've already laid out this, this kind of, um, grid. Um, I think when we approach the term racist or, you know, why are people racist, we immediately go to sin and we see it saying, hey, it's sin manifested like this. But to the degree of the sin in which a person deals with or struggle with, it's, it's all over the place, right? It could be the, the, the fear, the sin of fear that's keeping that person inside that social group that they feel comfortable with. It, it could be manifested itself in a lot of different ways. So I think ultimately at the core of it, it's sin. Um, um, and, and, and how it's, and how that sin is manifested is it's, it's, you know, only God knows, right. Or, or, or ultimately what he's trying to work out of an individual. But I think ultimately it's sin. before you met Jesus, were you a racist? Will? no, I was not. I was a perfect angel. Were you? <laughs> the police wanted to commend you for some of the activities right, right, that right. you were participating right, right, in right, that right, we've right. talked about. Now this, no, no, this is, this was the big one. I think this is what even made my, my journey so unique because I didn't, I didn't grow up in a, in a racist, you know, household. Um, it wasn't until years later, um, my uncle and, and them tried to kind of enlighten me to some of the ideologies and belief of my grandparents, et cetera. Um, but, but as far as that immediate upbringing for me, no, I, I wasn't. So I didn't approach life from that perspective. You didn't have a bias towards white people as I, you're going I, through junior high, high school? I, no, I didn't. I, uh, you know, I knew that there was a level of, of, of difference, but I never once, um, and then even as I started to give my life to Christ and, and start to transition, even in the neighborhood, I never was big on, you know, judging someone based upon. Not their, a part of who you are. Right, and it, 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 this became personal for me when, when, I, when I lost my dad. Some of you may have remembered this. I lost my dad uh, several years ago, and then that was a big eye-opener for me because when I went back home to Alabama, because um, my family's from the South, my mom is from New Orleans and my dad was from Alabama, so I have a very Southern background. But when I went back and, 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 and I never saw my dad in, in, you know, since I was six. So this was a real rocky emotion, emotional time for me. But when I went back and my uncles and them started to give me my history and how you know, my last name Robbins is from a, a, you know, a, a slave plantation and things like that, like it, it, it really brought all of this full circle for me, even though I didn't grow up inside uh, that type of paradigm, my, that immediate paradigm with my, with, with my immediate family, um, definitely is uh, a, a touchy topic for sure. Hmm. And why are churches so segregated? I mean, uh, I'm thinking about today, you know, I was out in DC uh, earlier this year and we went to uh, Washington, George Washington's home and on his grave, it talks about his faith in Christ and it can't be more than a hundred yards away, and uh, there are slave quarters in which he had hundreds and hundreds of slaves. So we're talking, though, 2021. Why, why is the church so segregated today that, that folks have used this? I don't think there's anybody here that's going to make an argument that in our country there have been many 
that used even faith to promote slavery, but we're, we're a long ways from that. Yeah. But why today? Why today, in your estimation, is our church is still so segregated? I, I think there's a variety of different reasons on why the church is segregated. And I think because this issue has came about and has been hyphened, we tend to immediately go towards because it's racism, right? It could be fear. You know, if I stand up in here and raise my hands and want to just get inside worship, how would I be perceived inside an environment or a culture that, that that's not primarily the case? How they do it, yeah. Right, right, right. So there, to the level of why... You know, churches are, 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 and then it's also geographics, right? I, I had a very tough conversation with a, with a black mentor in L.A. Um, this person, um, can, if you don't mind. I, no, no, go yeah, ahead. Can I share this? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and this is why I said I've had a bunch of tough conversations, you guys, and, uh, around this topic. Um, and, and so this mentor of mine, um, he began to kind of question my stay at RCC. Uh, and he tried to unpack the, pa the, the staff at RCC. And he said, well, what about elders? How many black elders are on, on, on Todd's staff? Uh, and I think, uh, what's the name had left at this time? Uh, Carl Galloway. Carl Galloway, which was, you know, uh, and, and I'm like, oh, man, this is about to go bad, right? Like, oh, man, <laughs> dang, Todd, you didn't prepare me for this one. But, um, but, but he was already making this kind of fixed judgment towards Todd because of his staff and that there was no black elders on staff. And I had to tell him, well, well, wait a second, wait a second, you know, and, and it's hard whenever you're, and this guy was a person that I looked up to, right? And I had to have this conversation. Hey, look, what's, a, what's the, 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 the criteria of an elder? Let's look at the biblical perspective on what a criteria of an elder is. Okay, now let's take that criteria and say, hey, are we judging this person based upon that criteria, number one? So if Todd wants to fill an elder board, he's got a criteria in which he needs to fill it with biblically. Now, what's the chances... And at RCC, given the, the, where RC is located, uh, given the demographics of RCC, and that there's probably only one or two black folk in here, <laughs> that, that, that those black people will meet that criteria. So don't approach me making a fix. And it was a hard conversation I have with him because ultimately I'm trying to move him to a place where, look, there's a bunch of different reasons on why the church is segregated today. And, and, and you can probably take it, you know, take it back to some sort of sin in some areas or locations. But there's a bunch of different reasons why. And, 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 and sin uh, can be one of the factors that separates some churches. Now, many churches use ethnicity as a criteria in their church for staff. Uh, was never a criteria when I hired Will. Ethnicity is a non-factor. Non in fact, I love this guy. His ethnicity has been an issue twice. When George Floyd was killed, I asked him to do a video, maybe some of you saw with me. And I asked him to join me today. Those are the only two times where his being black has been a factor in my side of the relationship. Now, I'm white, so maybe it was a, <laughs> a, a, a different thing uh, uh, for you. So are we going to solve this thing, Will? Man, good question, TC. What's your answer? I, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't. I don't think we could. We could solve it because why? Um, I. I think ultimately, you know, because at the core of racism, it's a sin issue. It's it's a sin issue at its core, um, and I think that ultimately um, that sin. You see, 
the, I don't want to start preaching teeth. Oh, no, no. Go, go ahead. We like Jesus here. Right. You but, should remember but, that. But, but, to, but to some extent, see, Jesus has saved us from the penalty of sin, the, 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 the power of sin, and then the presence of sin. And, and, and where we fall in our salvation falls in one of those three places. It's some people struggle with, hey, did he save me from the penalty of sin? Some people are, man, how can I stop living a certain way or thinking a certain way, etc. And some people are just tired of what is happening in the world. And, and, and so Jesus in salvation, in this, un, in this full view of salvation, it's, it's the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin. And I think ultimately racism or, or the, the sin of racist folk or racism won't be ever fully eradicated or, or removed until Jesus finishes salvation, which is removing us from the presence of sin or removing the presence of sin. And, and ultimately, I think that we can do our very best to address the issue um, and, and, and kind of be salt and light, um, which is the influence, the, the, the catalyst, but ultimately written the world of it. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. No, I think our hope should be in, in, in Jesus um, you know, saving us from the, the presence. And you already addressed this one a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you can, uh, uh, th- this is a good answer. So how does Jesus impact, and you already touched on that, but mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. should that uh, impact our view here of racism? Yeah, I, I, you know, ultimately, you guys, I think what has made this, and I'm just going to be transparent, what has made this very hard for me to address is because as I've been able to travel, talk to different people, hear different backgrounds, hear different views, there is a, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it now from this perspective. The, the racism has been seen as like the top, uh, right? And, and we all focus on the top. Mm-hmm. And we all focus on that. But that's not the core of our issue. The, the core of the issue is, is, number one, how are we addressing the issue and who and what has the best solution right now while we occupy life on this side of the dirt? So there, I like to see it as like, you know, kind of like lenses, Right. If we all kind of just unpack this, there's multiple different ways you can see this topic of racism. Racism can be seen in all of these different ways. You can see it from a socialist perspective. You can see it from a psychologist perspective, uh, from, a, um, from a theological perspective, from a political perspective, intellectual perspective. And, and, and the key really is, is we've been blessed with an opportunity to try to view this topic the best way. So I'm only here today. The reason why I have come today is because I think if we're looking at all of these options and we're saying, hey, which one has the best one? Which one addresses uh, this issue the best way and provides somewhat of a solution the best way? I think it lies with the theological part, with, with the Christian worldview, because what racism at its core, it, it's a heart issue. It's a sin issue. And, and, and nowhere else that I've ever, you know, I've seen as I've been studying addresses the heart like Christianity. I'm only here today to encourage you, if those of you who may be in this room, who may believe, who may not believe, I don't know where you are, but I'm assuming that everyone here is a believer, but to remind you, to encourage you that you got the solution too. You play a part of the solution, too. You contribute to the solution like anyone else. Guys, the the topic of racism has been something that has been addressed all throughout Scripture. All throughout. It is not anything new to Scripture. And in fact, Paul calls it, he says, look, I understand the mystery of the gospel, how Jews and Gentiles unite. 
All over scripture, this topic is being addressed. Jesus talks to a person at a well, a lady at a well, and she says, why talk to me? You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And then he meets her right where she is and penetrates the line of that and, and, and breaks through that barrier. It's all over scripture. It, it, it first seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom, citizens of a heaven, citizens of a, of a kingdom, and, and, and you're united in one body, one Christ, one baptism, one race. All over scripture, the gospel addresses it. The kingdom of God. Those who seek the kingdom of God and, and fall inside the kingdom. All over scripture is kingdom literature. The scriptures we quote all day long. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what, Todd? Whosoever believes Leaves in him shall have eternal That same very verse that we quote so every day passionately is talking about the kingdom. Because he turns to Nicodemus and he says, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom unless he's born again. The verse we talk about all day long, hey, hey, love your neighbor, love God, love yourself and love your neighbor. At the very end of that verse, he says, I tell you the truth, when you do this, you have gotten close to the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom. I'm here today because we are kingdom citizens. And I know this is really tough because someone has viewed this from a political perspective. I'm not here as a conservative. I'm not here as a liberal. I'm here as a Christian. I'm not here as a black man. I'm not here as a white. I'm here as a Christian. And I'm sorry to say it, but, 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 but this is the truth. This is what it's all about. Jesus was getting tempted by the enemy. And the, and, and the enemy says, hey, Jesus, look at the world. If, if you obey me, I give you the world. I'm sorry, strong conservatives. But Jesus didn't say, no, Satan, you're wrong. America's mine. That's a Christian nation. He didn't say that. He understood. Guys, I'm, I'm here to introduce the kingdom of God. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. A total different way of thinking, a total different way of living, a total different way of being. And I promise you, when you enter this kingdom, you will love one another like you've never loved one another. You will forgive one another like you've never forgive one another. And you will be placed in situations and times where you will hear things that you will not want to hear. But I will equip you with the grace to receive it. kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, is how we should be seeing this from a kingdom perspective. I'm ready to take an offering. I think we oh, could. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. We could. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, just as we wrap it up, what, what can we be doing to, uh, to diminish racism? Again, we talked about it. We're not going to solve it. What, what very practically uh, can, we, can we be doing here, brother? Yeah, I think ultimately just listening. Ultimately, as, as people start to provide different perspectives and try to, try to take you around the water bottle, the first thing to do, I think just be, be open and just, just listen. You know, sometimes um, people just want to be heard. And I think there's just a level of grace. I did not want to hear uh, my friend Patrick tell me that that day, that I'm a racist. And, and this is what I believe. 
but I had to be open to and willing to hear things that I didn't want to hear in order to meet him right where he was. And then I think that led me to empathizing with him. Um, I, I was able to say, hey, I get it. Let's talk about your background. Let's talk about, and, and, and we became best friends at that job. Because it started with me first and foremost not feeling like I was offended if he said something. Having the grace to just listen to him right where he was and just empathize with his story. And then ultimately, I think this is where, where it lies, is just being able to identify error. Identify those, you know, like to the level of degree in which a person deals with the, the evil race, you know, racist temperament. I don't know. I mean, that, that, that is dying and it's, and it's amongst certain smaller groups. But I think ultimately it, it just comes from, from, from being able to openly and honestly identify errors with your brothers and sisters. There may be people within this congregation that, 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 that think a certain way. And that ideology and, and that and, and it's starting to move them towards not sounding loving, not sounding like listening. You got to be open and honest and, and, and ultimately willing to address error where, where it's at. And I think last but not least, love. Love is the key. Love is everything. And I think our role as the church today um, is to ultimately pr- to, to, to implement the love above all loves, to allow God to love through us. Um, because ultimately, you know, Jesus says, he says, hey, how will people know that you are my disciples by how you love one another? Our biggest role and goal is to impact people for the glory of God. Paul in all of his theology says, hey, the best way you can do that is how you unite. How you show one another you are on one accord. And then by loving others. It's all over scripture. So I think it, 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 it simply just culminates in all of those, those, those things, Todd. It, it will uh, on behalf of all of us. Thank you very much uh, uh, for joining us here. You know I love you. And uh, these folks out here love you. And it's not because you're black. It it's is not? because. <laughs> oh, man. It is because who you are uh, as a person and uh, that you are our, our brother in Christ. Would you mind just wrapping this up by, uh, as our brother in Christ, just praying for us? Would you yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you um, in, in, in gratitude. We thank you that you have just given us the space and the opportunity um, to just have a, a conversations like this. And, 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 and God, we just pray right now for peace and joy to fill our hearts as we all sit with this, you know, tough, rough topic from different perspectives. And we ultimately just want to glorify you in our approach to it. And God, uh, uh, how we approach it, you know, is it can be a challenging, you know, daunting task at times because we don't ultimately some of us don't don't even know how to address it, how to talk about it, how to bring it up, how you know, and 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 and, and try, God, so we just pray for favor over these conversations, uh, but 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 most importantly, God, we pray that you help us to just lean into one another in love, 
uh, and lean into our brothers and sisters in love. And God, ultimately, just kind of rise up uh, and be agents of change. Um, implement the truths of the gospel um, as we continue to rally behind one another, no matter what um, background they have, ethnicity they have, and so forth. So, God, I pray for peace and joy to fill our hearts as we embrace what it is you've done for us, what it is you're doing in us, and what it is you want to do through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.